You're listening to the Put On Waivers Podcast with your host, Dwayne Douglas, on the POW Sports Podcast Network. So whether it's the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or even hockey, nah, forget about hockey. Now for the best in sports talk, come along for the ride with the Put On Waivers Podcast. Here's your host, Dwayne Douglas. And welcome, everybody, to the Put On Waivers podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Douglas, podcasting off the beautiful shores of Southern California. Can't get much better than that, I tell you. 80, 85, degree, 85 degrees today. Went for a swim this morning. You know, it's, just, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's beautiful weather out here, beautiful weather. You cannot complain. Um, my partners in crime, if you will, um, James Amato is podcasting out of the Hello? great state. Great state of Connecticut, no, the no. Constitution state, no, the the, 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 the insurance <laughs> capital of the free world, yeah, we're, the birthplace we're, we're of the Hartford Whalers. We're, we're gonna have a governor <laughs> run on run on the run on the pledge of make Connecticut kind of okay again. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course, and the birthplace of the Hartford Whalers. James, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. <laughs> All right. And Mike Rolando, of course, Mr. Yankee. I, 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 we will start the show with his Yankee report. I'm sorry. I can't wait for it. Um, you can't just give me a regular. You can't just do a normal introduction. You have to say that tonight. It is a, okay, it is a He is podcasting off the, off the, shores, of, off the shores of North Carolina, Tar Heel Nation, and and um, the, the home of the current, the current Hartford <laughs> exactly. Carolina Hurricanes. There you go. The, yes. the, 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 the Carolina Hurricanes who won a Stanley Cup, right? Right after they did. Well, I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. Good job. And that's about that's that, that's it. I tell you, that's that, that, that that's that, that's how it happens when you when you leave when you leave Hartford. Everything just get, everything gets better. Um, <laughs> so let's just start with. Um, it is it is the greatest rivalry in um in, in baseball. Um, I'm not I'm not going to try to argue Giants Dodgers. The Red Sox Yankees gets everybody's attention. Um, the Yankees made some news this week because they they traded away some pretty good players for um, Sonny Gray, but now Sonny Gray is going to the bullpen because their manager um, Brian Cashman, I mean general manager um, Brian Cashman, um, said that. In a press conference, I guess today or on the radio on WFAN, um, Mike, thoughts on Sonny Gray um, going to the bullpen and uh, maybe trying to re- resurrect his career in New York? I mean, it's, it's needed. I mean, if you saw if you saw last night's game, I mean, it was it's pretty rough when you know the Baltimore Orioles probably the worst. <laughs> Baltimore Orioles gave away all their best players and that even with their best players, they were one of the worst teams in baseball. So. To go out and just get shellacked in the first the first inning, a uh, couple of innings, it's just it's, it's a terrible showing when the team is is needing wins, and especially heading into a obviously um, it looks like now looking at the score, it kind of set the table for for tonight. So um, you know it's you know you've seen this before when pitchers struggle and you try to change some things up. Sonny Gray hasn't really been that impressive since coming over last year. I mean, he didn't need to come in to be an ace, but um, he's been he struggled enough this year to where you're just you know you get tired of seeing it. They did bring in a couple of pitchers, which I'm sure we'll get to, um, that 
can give them innings and can give them quality starts as long as they can stay healthy, which they haven't already. Uh, but, you know, get them in a bullpen, maybe get them some con- get them some innings, get them some confidence. That's, that's the approach with the hopes of maybe bringing him back once he, he kind of gets things together. Uh, James, can you think you can think can you think of a guy like like a Sonny Gray who was puts up good numbers, you know, maybe goes to the bullpen and kind of refines and re, kind of re, retools things and comes back and ends up becoming a good starter again, or do or, or do you think it's just kind of maybe over for Sonny Gray? I, I don't think it's over for Sonny Gray. I think he, I think he doesn't have the makeup for New York. I, I hate saying that. I mean, I never met the guy. Um, but there's just something there that, or not there when he's taking the mound. Um, it's very rare for a pitcher to go from a starter to the bullpen um, and, and they come back and, and be a significant starter um, it, within the same season. It, it, it normally it doesn't work out, especially in today's day and age with the way they coddle pitchers. Um, you know, back in the day it was kind of routine where you would see a player, you know, maybe your fourth or fifth starter just because they didn't really rely on the fifth starter as much. So they'd get him in the bullpen. And I think the classic example of that, um, and, and you'd have to be a long time, you know, baseball fan or Yankee fan would be a, would be a Dick Tidro who pitched for the Yankees in the late seventies and, and the Cubs in, in the early eighties. And, and he was someone who was a, a fifth starter when you really had the four man rotation and he would start a double header, you know, the second game was a little header. And then, he would pitch some innings out of, out of the bullpen, long relief. Um, but again, they didn't have long relief the way they have it nowadays because your, your pitchers pitched back then. Um, but he was someone who, who had the makeup and, and talent to bounce back and forth between starting and relieving. You'll never see that nowadays. I just, you know, I don't get it with Sonny Gray. I, I you know, he was doing really good in Oakland. They're, they're saying the whole, um, I believe it's Tennessee he's from, the whole Tennessee background, and, and maybe he's just not made up for this type of, team we've seen this happen a lot in new york um more so with the yankees and the Mets, where someone who's been an outstanding pitcher elsewhere just comes here and is not the pitcher they were elsewhere whether you go back to ed whitson in 85 um, kenny rogers in the 90s um even when randy johnson got here again he was on the tail end of his career he was not the same pitcher so um, Sonny Gray, I mean, he, I do believe he had two very good starts in the playoffs for the Yankees last year. Um, but this year he's, he's just been the exact opposite of, of anything that they were expecting. And, you know, we talked about him early on our, on our preview shows and, and a lot of baseball experts did, and, and they thought Sonny Gray was going to be the, you know, a big contributor for the Yankees this year. And, um, just, just hasn't turned out that way. So you got to kind of think about it. Like, you know, maybe he just can't handle pitching. Maybe not. It's not New York. Maybe it's, it's pitching for the Yankees and the added pressure and the amount of um, media. I mean, he, he got ripped today, possibly, you know, in my opinion, unfairly for, for smiling as he walked off the mound yesterday um, when he was getting booed. I mean, you know, at that point, sometimes there's that whole, you know, what are you going to do other than laugh and smile? And I think that, you know, if that was his, low point of the season I, I'd like to see him rebound against it you don't wish bad harm against anyone but um, there's just something not connecting with him in, in with the Yankees right now it's something's definitely not connecting there it's weird because like especially especially with the Yankees where they just kind of Yankees are trying to you know Brian Cashman is just so he just wants a guy to give you five innings 
give, give you two runs or three runs over five innings, and with the Yankee offense, that should be enough. You should have a pretty good, um, yep. pretty good record. Um, if I mean, you might want to Cy Young if they go by wins. With that Yankee offense. The weird, the weird thing with him is he has really good stuff. If you watch him, he's, he's in the mid nineties. He's, you know, he's got different pitches. He can throw for strikes. He just hasn't been able to get anybody. You know, he gets two strikes on hitters. He gets ahead. He just can't put anybody away. They foul a lot of pitches off, and he gets hit hard. But he's in the strike zone, and he, you know, but it's just it's one of those things, just an odd thing where um, just having a bad year. And, and I don't blame them for trying to, to figure it out. You know, it's a veteran pitcher, so it's not like, you know, the guy's 21 years old and you can send him down to the minors to work on his stuff and then bring him back. I mean, you have to kind of be creative with somebody who's a veteran who's, who's going through it. So I don't, I don't blame them in trying to figure it out because if he got right, he could give them, you know, some very quality starts, you know, down the stretch if he gets right. This is going to be an interesting thing um, the Yankees are going to go through here because I am, I'm listening to I'm listening doing a podcast and also listening to the before the podcast listening to Bob Costas who really never is happy with the baseball. I love Bob Costas. I love his passion for the game. I love listening to him broadcast the game, but he's never happy with the with the format of baseball playoffs. So he wants to change it again um, the because time, we have really. Yeah, because we have really good teams, and God forbid them only have a one game, one game situation. You know, and football, yeah. you know, football and some of the other sports, it's one game and you're out. So you got to figure it out. Um, but do you think? And I, I pose this question to both of you. Um, do you think if the Yankees have have a have a better record than everybody else in in the American League, except for the Red Sox? And then get shunned, gets gets maybe loses in that one game playoff. Do you think there's going to be pressure because because the big the big draw in Major League Baseball, Dodgers, um, you know, Dodgers, Yankees, teams like that. Do you think do you could see could you see Major League Baseball making that making a change to the wild card, making it two out of three or something like that, just to give you know a team like the Yankees more of an opportunity instead of a one game situation. Go ahead, James. I have, I'll, I'll let you go first. You, you know, you're when you're talking about expanding that that first round, those wild card games, you obviously have to get the union involved in the bargaining agreement. There's going to be one of two things: you either need to cut a week out of the regular season, unless you want to start, you know, on St. Patrick's Day um, each year, um, or you're going to have to have more doubleheaders throughout the season on a Sunday. And, you know, as it is now, players don't like playing doubleheaders. We, we, with the 162 games we feel this season um, is it, taken away from, you know, is it, taken away, is starting way too early. And then think about teams that don't make the playoffs giving up, you know, six date revenue days, you know, because you'd have to cut the season back, or actually eight, because you have to cut it back to 154 games just to get that extra week in. Um, the playoff format is fine. I mean, we they designed the one game playoffs so teams wouldn't you know hey we're in the playoffs I don't care if we're a wild card team or we finish in first this brings that excitement to there um, I mean the way things are shaping up right now you know the Yankees are probably not going to have to if they finish second probably not going to have to finish um, face Houston and I think that's the big one is like you don't want to face Houston in a one game playoff when they can throw Verlander out there and and Verlander's probably ready to pitch ten innings in that game. Um, you know, Seattle, 
They're they're 18 and 20 in their last 38 games. Um, Oakland has been unbelievable. Um, was it? I think it's 30 and 10 in their last 40 games. So, you know, they're making a move, um, but I don't see them can you know carrying it the same way we, we saw Seattle back down. So, I don't think the Yankees have to worry about a one game playoff right now. I don't think either them or the the Red Sox have to worry about it because I I just think Houston's going to start running away with that division. I don't really think um, you know the. The problem this year is that you have two great teams in the same division. Uh, James made, made great points, but the only reason this is even an issue is because you have a team like the Yankees who could win 105, 107 games, something like that potentially, and not not going off how they've been playing the last month. But say they, you know, they continue to say they say they get on a hot streak and they could end up around that mark and they could end up in the wild card game. That doesn't happen every year. It's almost like the NFL has that problem when you have like a uh, a seven and nine team randomly win their division. We had that happen, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and they get a home game. That team gets a home game in the playoffs, and everybody throws their hands up and says everything has to change. But it only happens once in a great while. And so the rule is you have to win your division. If you don't win your division, it's a harder road to uh, it's a harder road to, to get through. That's just the way it is. Every sport should have a way, you know, wild card teams in the NFL, you got to win all your games on the road. Basically, every week, you don't get a bye, you got to go all the way through if you want to make, you know, if you want to get to the Super Bowl. You just got to beat the Red Sox. It's just the way the, the cookie crumbles in this case. They have a, a great team in their division, and they're going to have to work, you know, they're going to have to work it out. You don't normally have the big gap, a huge gap, you know, 10-game difference or whatever between, between wild card teams. You generally are closer than that, so – it's just a random year where you, you, the AL East has, has really great teams. So, um, you know, if, the, if it wasn't the case, I don't think anybody would be talking about it. You don't have – James is right. You don't have enough time in the year. People already say there's too many games in baseball. So you're not going to be able to add games in the playoffs without scrapping a, a, a week, a full week of the season. So – I I I just – I don't know. I, I, I think what's happening with Major League Baseball and – as far as the playoff setup is, it's the one thing that I can that we I think unanimously people like. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. You, you, I agree. You'll get you'll get critics of baseball all over the all over the world, but like uh, especially on the on the on the on the morning you know the morning shows, uh, ESPN and Fox Sports One. But like at the end of the day, like I mean that's the one thing that people like about it. So let's just keep that and worry about. Um, Let's worry about the 11-year-old who lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the fact that he doesn't know who the hell Mookie Betts is, but he knows who Russell Westbrook is. I think you know. Both, I think, I think baseball should um, baseball should be more worried about not having the Cubs and the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series and possibly facing a Brewers Diamondbacks NLCS because um, <laughs> that's going to be a ratings draw right there. I mean, the, 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 but the, honestly, there's nothing. There's nothing you really can do. You know, you, you know what? One of, one of the one of the highest rated um, World Series games was. Um, didn't they take a break in the World Series um, and or, or, or suspend a game when they when it was the Rays and the Phillies? Yeah. And like they started, sure, they started, yeah. they, they started the, the game out. at that point. Yeah. So like that was one of the high of, of recent memory. That was one of the highest rated games, and that was it was ended up being Tampa Bay and and in Philadelphia. I think the Brewers and and we'll talk about them um, a little bit later because because I, I want to I want to do something I want to do something I want to talk about the Yankees a little bit more. But um, 
the Brewers are going after it, and good for them. They're not going to concede the division to the Cubs, and I, I, I think that's great for baseball. Um, the Red, the Red Sox pounding away at the at, at the Yankees tonight. Um, right now it's fourteen to six. Um, they got the bases loaded with one out, um, so they could they're looking for more. But going forward with the Yankees here, no Judge, he's hurt. Um, the the pitching staff is not in, the pitching staff isn't in, isn't in shambles. I mean, in any other year, the Yankees would be up by up by five games, not back by five yeah. games. What right. what's, what's your biggest what's your biggest concern going forward um, with with the Yankees? Because it looks like I mean, unless you know, the Red Sox, all they gotta do here is just play five hundred baseball against the Yankees. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, like baseball, you can switch fast. I mean, we've seen teams. You know, have good weeks and just you never know. You know, sales hurt. You don't know. Again, the Red Sox seem like an insurmountable. They're in an insurmountable team. They don't lose. I mean, uh, but baseball has a funny way of kind of you know you have a a three or four game stretch where both teams kind of go in opposite directions and and it's the season again. You know, so I'm not that. I mean, again, the Yankees aren't playing terrible. We we're comparing them to the Red Sox, so you're kind of thinking to yourself, man. But this, this. most difficult part of their uh, part of their team right now, the, the the worst part of their team right now is starting pitching. See, Sabathia tonight threw 80 pitches through three innings, um, labor through the whole thing, and, and that's just how he pitches now. So, and he's a guy they depend on. So you're thinking Severino has struggled. Severino's had you could your best pitcher in, in the first half of the of the baseball season has struggled this um, last couple of starts. So that's my biggest area of concern is Severino has to come out and start to pitch like he did in the first half um, to allow them to be able to, to kind of, I don't know, stop the direction things are going, put them back on track. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm not worried about the bullpen. They have the best bullpen we've seen probably in our lifetime, potentially as far as arms go. So it's just starters and it doesn't help. Jay Happ goes out with the, uh, with uh, with a sickness, it doesn't help. It's bad timing. He came out and had a good start this week. So um, again, it's health and the fact that Severino hasn't pitched well. If he doesn't pitch well and continues in that direction, uh, they're going to struggle to to run off enough games and win enough games. I think to catch the Red Sox um, in general, even if the Red Sox did falter a little bit, if the Yankees don't have consistent starting pitching, they're going to struggle. Um, James, he mentioned Severino. Uh, do you think the Yankees should? You think the Yankees should um, kind of not? I'm not saying sit him or anything like that, but maybe be careful with him um, because they really do need him, like in that in that one game playoff potentially or down the road, like not to really push. I mean, you want to you want to win the division, no question about it. But if you push him too hard and you and and you know he loses confidence or that it gets a tired arm down the stretch here, that could, that could be a, a really tough blow for the Yankees because then you have a, a banged up or sore arm Severino uh, pitching in a one-game playoff or not pitching in a one-game playoff. Yeah, don't you mean baby him? Um, let, let's baby our pitchers because that's what we do. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you, know, you, uh, you, you have to. You have to. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it – it would make sense. It's something we have seen in the past, not with the Yankees, but in Major League Baseball in general, where you get now, you know, especially now that they have the seven-day and 10-day and, and disabled list where you just, you know, pitch her down for a week and, and put him on that list so he misses a couple of starts um, to kind of rest. I don't, I don't think, again, in today's day and age of babying pitchers, I don't think it's a bad idea to – 
to have him sit out and, and try to regroup. But, you know, he he hit a rough spot last year. Um, had a couple of bad starts, and, and he rebounded well. Um, you know, and his his starts, his bad starts last year were actually in September. So, you know, I was someone who was totally shocked with the way he, um, you, you know, he came out, and, and especially in the playoffs, not looking good that first start. But he, he's – I wouldn't do it. I would let him just continue to build his confidence. Unless they're seeing something or, or he's feeling something, let him come and say something. Um, but right now I'd say no, give him one more start, but then maybe look at, like, one of those, you know, 10-day disabled list stints just to – have them miss two starts and um, and go from there. You know, there, there's been talk. There's been talk that the um, sale going on the disabled list was kind of the same thing, giving him just a little bit of a rest because he's had dead arm syndrome the last three years, where he he's hit a stretch towards the end of August where he just wasn't the same pitcher that he was earlier in the year. So. There's been some rumblings, um, especially when you read the, the Boston press, that he, he's not injured and is just really resting him up for, for the home stretch. Should be interesting to see what happens there. Um, you know, the Yankees are, I mean, it's, it's so crazy to see a team with that record and say, wow, they're in a tough spot. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just cra- It is crazy because you got one game against – one game against Seattle or one game against Oakland, and you ne- you actually never know what could happen um, in that moment. You're listening to the Put On Waivers podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Douglas, along with James Amato and Mike Rolando. Thank you guys for all the listens. We have a lot of listens every week. Uh, we, it goes up and up, or it, it doesn't go up and up. It stays steady, so we're doing a really good job there. So I want to thank you guys for listening and taking some time to listen to some real sports talk um, radio. So... Going on to something that bothers me, uh, and I know it bo- I don't know if it bothers any any other baseball fan, but like the Hall of Fame, the sacred Hall of Fame that everybody everybody loves so much. <laughs> it's an honor. It's, it's an honor. It's an it's such an honor to be in the Hall of Fame. It's such a it really is a cool moment to see people who you grew up watching play, and now they're going to go into the Hall. But why is it? During the season, during a Sunday where all these games are going around and the nation can't see it, does it, are they trying not to have anybody? Want, I mean, like I don't, I don't even get, like I don't even understand that in the least. Why can't you do the Hall of Fame um, during All Star Weekend? Wouldn't that just make sense if you didn't want to do it in the winter, winter, winter time, or before the season started, or do an opening day? Like the the opening day game is at Cooperstown. And it's a celebration of baseball. Like you know, I just don't. I know, James. Uh, am I? If I'm, if I'm like being stupid, let let me know. Let me know. So you're 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 being stupid. You're you're, you're overthinking this one. Yeah, let's let's put. I'm gonna I'm gonna so? throw something. I'm going to throw something out there for you, which you're probably okay, not go gonna believe. I okay. have never watched any Hall of Fame induction ceremony of anyone. In my life, even if it was your favorite, your uh, favorite guy, really, I didn't watch. I didn't watch Magic go in. I didn't watch Reggie go in. I watched the highlights of it. Uh-huh. Um, it it's just wow. something. Seeing that induction ceremony is just something 
Like I've, I've never really wanted to see, like I've, I've watched, um, I've, okay. like I said, I've watched the highlights. I've watched afterwards. Um, baseball is a summer sport. Um, Cooperstown is a beautiful little village. Um, and it's even better in the summertime. I've, I've been to, to Cooperstown twice in my lifetime. Um, once during the summer and once during the fall, like, like towards the end of fall. And, um, there, it, like baseball is all about summer and I don't, see any like I have no issues whatsoever with the Hall of Fame you know induction being um on a Sunday and during the season you know maybe you know during you, all-star you week on the all, you don't you don't want to do it on the all-star week because you want that focus being there um you know people who go to Cooperstown are like the, the major fans of those teams and those players and and they go up there and, you know, it's, and, and that's really the people who, who get into it. Like I, I can't see like any sport having like a very high rating um, for any of their hall of fame induction ceremonies. So, but that's, um, I mean, that's me. That's, you know, there's just something about maybe, maybe, you know, deep down psychologically, I don't want to see my youth end by watching people I grew up you know, you know, being put in the Hall of Fame, and maybe that's behind it for me. But I have honestly never sat and watched a live Hall of Fame induction. Um, there may have been a time it was on in the background when I was doing something else, but not really paying attention to it. But I've never sat down and watched any Hall of Fame induction. And that includes, like, my love for Magic Johnson, my love for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are above and beyond. I, you know, I grew up in the 80s following the Lakers and, and loving Showtime. And I never watched one Hall of Fame induction for any of those players. So wow. you're, so you're, you, so so you do that for all sports. So I respect. So I, I so I can respect that, Mike. Um, thoughts on that? I, 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 to me, I don't think it would be a bad touch for people to actually see it at some point. Um, but you probably never seen it because it's it's it, you're watching the Yankees when they, when they having the when they having the um <laughs> ceremony. You know, I know it's funny. It, it, you know, you both both make really good points. You're, you're going to laugh. I started on Dwayne's side because I had I was I was home Sunday and my, you know I was flipping through and I knew both. I, I knew there was a game on. There were a couple games on, and then there was uh, the ceremony. So I I actually flipped back and forth because I wanted to watch baseball. And then I was Chipper Jones was speaking, and you know my wife who's in the kitchen says they have a game on at the same time that they're running their, their hall of fame speeches. And I just laugh because it's the same thought that Dwayne had, like, what are they doing? They're competing with themselves. It doesn't make sense. But then, you know, as James is talking, I turned off the ceremony because it was so boring. And I I mean, I, I don't know, you know, sometimes that takes, you know, it takes on the personality of the person speaking. And I, I, you know, I'd heard Chipper Jones do interviews and things like that. These guys aren't public speakers in most cases, and it was, it was, uh, let's put it, it was just dry. It was really tough to listen to and to get through. And so after they did, like, his highlights and, and different things, the speech was tough. I had to turn it off. Not because it was terrible content, just it was slow, and you can tell these guys are reading it in a lot of cases, and they're nervous. And they're not speakers, you know, necessarily. So I, I guess they could market it better. So I'm a little bit on Dwayne's side because I, I laugh that the fact that, you know, there's games on at the same time, but then to go to, to, to go to James, I don't know if they put it on at those times. If anybody watches anyway, because I tried to watch it. I'm a huge fan. 
I tried to watch it and I had to shut it off because it was so boring. So yeah, now I'm actually I a bigger fan of the. Um, I'm sorry, I, I'm just I'm actually a bigger fan. Of, I, I've watched number retirement ceremonies and and seen players honored at the arenas and those the stadiums they played at. Those, those are, are great. Those are those, 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 are, those, are, those, those are to me mean more than than watching the hall of any hall of fame induction ceremony. I don't hall of fame for years. I would almost. I would almost rather hear other players talk about the player going into the Hall of Fame and tell stories that way as opposed to the player giving a speech. Almost like so it was basically somebody almost like somebody giving like giving them away like you know what I mean like so like here here I, yeah. I here I am his teammate I'm going to present I'm Andrew Jones I'm going to present to um Chipper Jones to the Hall of Fame and this is why like so that would be kind of that would be that'll actually yeah. be an interesting touch yeah an interesting touch Okay, so we'll go back on the field and talk about some of these trades. I don't know if you guys can remember a trade deadline that was like had your phone um, buzzing every every five seconds. It was a player. I can't even. I don't even remember where everybody went. Like this was this was crazy. But um, I do have some spots where I I gotta say teams really improved themselves a great deal. I think with you know obviously they got Machado, so we knew about um, the Dodgers and Machado. But I watched the Brewers and Dodgers last night. And I can tell you, Brian Dozier gives them a whole nother dynamic. He is, you know, he is a tremendous. He is going to fit. He fits that. He fits that team like a glove. Um, he's that gritty guy who they need to have um, play um, second base for him. He hit a home run last night. I mean, he's he, he's a really good offensive player. Um, the the the, uh, the Dodgers struggle against left-handed pitching. And he's gonna help that a lot, he and Machado. So I do like that move a lot. I, I think having Chris Taylor. I mean, they they have their lineup has their their entire infield has you know double digit home runs, which is you know what you want. So I, I like that move the best. I like um, Shoop going to um, the Brewers. I think the Brewers did not in any way concede that that division or or just trying to get the wild card. In the in the in the central there, so they're really trying to go after it and win the division and, and and kind of put the Cubs in a tough spot. The Cubs go out there and get Hamill, which is a good move as well. Um, Mike, what, what what's the move that you like the best? And then James, you can um, come right in after. I think the biggest difference in the and the the best move is is getting the best player. I think Machado. If you watch the Dodgers, um, even over the last week week or two weeks, Machado's one of those guys. He's so good that he makes everyone better just because of the confidence. I mean, he just has so much confidence. He's the same player seemingly at least starting off that he, that he was with Baltimore. That's the only thing you wonder is if somebody's going to take some time with all the transition and everything else. It, he's just supremely confident. And I think he adds a lot to that team. They, you know, I think it gave them, uh, it's going to give them a boost for the remainder of the second half. And the Dozier move I love as well, but the, it starts with the Machado move. I think the Dozier move by itself doesn't doesn't have the same juice, obviously. I think Machado is the biggest difference maker. I think he is the, obviously the best player that was on the move, and I think he's going to have the biggest impact. I took the easy one. James? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Machado trade is the is the anomaly. You, you rarely see like the best player being traded at the deadline. It's been it's been a long time since we've seen that happen. But um, I, I think the two under the radar trades that are really, which were two of my favorite, was um, I think the Dozier trade was a great trade. I've, I've always been a fan of him. He's he's that gritty type of player I like watching. 
And I, I, I think the Cubs really scored with Cole Hamels. I mean, he's, he's made to pitch in that ballpark. So I, I think that was a really good trade for him. Um, I think the day was spoiled by Washington's owner getting cold feet and backing out of, I believe they had four or five trades on the table that were completed. Um, they ran them up to the owner, and at the, at the last minute, the owner just said, no, we're going to keep this team together. Um, you know, what the big one was, Harper was on his way to Chicago to, to be a Cub. So it, it would have been crazy with the amount of uh, what was going on there. Um, I think my other big surprise was I, I thought for sure Miami was going to trade Rio Moto, but um, obviously that didn't happen. But yeah, it, it was it was probably one of the one of the best trade deadlines um, in a long time. You know, I, it, I started the morning. Um, you know, every trade deadline in Major League Baseball, I have the, the song "The Most Wonderful Time of the Year" in my head because I just think it's just a fun day for baseball seeing seeing all the trades and. Um, it, it was. It was a fun day getting all the alerts. But Dozier, Do, I think Dozier is is the trade we really need to watch. Obviously, getting the best player in baseball, at, you know, and the best player available, Machado is huge for the Dodgers. But the way they changed their up the middle, um, you know, they're they're going to be a fun team to watch come come playoff time. Speak for yourself. Um, but yes, the Dodgers have a chance. To, to, I mean, I mean, the, the, the Dodgers. I mean, let's, this is. With that move, this is the best team in the National League. And I know I give the Dodgers a lot of heat, but this is their best opportunity to probably to to um to win the whole thing. They were I mean obviously they went to Game Seven last year, and it's hard to go back to back years. But the only the only kind of team that I could see give them a chance as as I'm watching right now, and the Dodgers are pretty much handling the Brewers again tonight uh, would be they struggle against lefties. And does Cole what does Cole Hamill and John Lester have left? Um, there, I mean, if, if if those two guys can pitch well against the against Dodgers, then you know it, it gives it gives the Cubs another chance to go to the World Series. But I think you know baseball would definitely take Dodgers club Dodgers Cubs in the National League Championship Series. Um, I, I I would like at that moment I'd have to pick the Dodgers to win it. I just feel like they're the more complete um, complete baseball team. But you know who knows? We'll see what happens there. Um, let's see what we got here. Did, did you guys do a, a who's better? Yeah, I put something together. You did? Okay. James, uh, James, you want to go first with who's better? All right, starting off with Major League Baseball, I have Wilson Contreras or Gary Sanchez. I am a – right now. (laughs) So I'll go first on this one. I'll go first on this one because one of my biggest – one of my biggest – one of my biggest – Stats I always look at. As soon as, when a player is acquired by my team or by any other team, I look at GP first, and he just plays more games. Um, I think he's a more complete catcher behind the plate. Um, the arms maybe go. The arm maybe goes a little bit more in um, in. Uh, in Sanchez's favor, but I, I just like the way that, that guy plays. I think he had a goal of becoming the best catcher in the National League, and he had a goal of being better. He wanted to be better than Buster Posey. That was his goal, um, and, and he and he completed that goal. He's a he's right now he's a better player than him. Um, you know, Posey's battling through some injuries and stuff like that, but I just think he's a, he's a more complete player, and I think he's a guy who he loves. He puts a little bit more emotion, and he loves to pull, he loves to catch. And I don't know if. 
Sanchez loves to catch. I think he can catch, but there's moments where I, I, I think that he just doesn't he doesn't love to catch. Mike, how do you feel about that? I, I would actually, all around, you know, it's a, it's a tough one to ask now because of, if you asked his last year, you'd probably get a different answer from me. But you, you keep waiting for Sanchez to get better, and I, I said this previous last week, the week before, where it's, you know, he's been in the he's been in the Yankees farm, the Yankees system now for eight or nine years. I mean, at some point, he is who he is, you know. So um, it's one of the reasons Girardi was so frustrated with him. It's just the laziness, just the laziness, the kind of the lackadaisical defensive attitude. Um, if he was playing any other position and wouldn't wouldn't show so much, but because he's involved with every play and because he's um, a catcher and because of the focus that it takes, uh, that is a big part of his game. So you can't just brush it off and say, well, Contreras is a better defensive catcher. It's a huge that's, that's a huge portion of, of playing that position. So I would actually say Contreras because I've been saying for about, I don't know, a month, think about trading Sanchez for a big-time starter. <laughs> I can't go back on that. Just um, his offense is off the charts, but you know it's it's uh, that position just makes you you got to play more, you got to play defense, or, or you're not as valuable. No question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another one. Uh, NFL. Antonio Brown or Julio Jones? Okay, I'll, I'll go first on that. I, I'm going to say. If I had to pick it, and it wouldn't be just a fantasy football thing because you're, you're based on the numbers, I think Antonio Brown's a better player. Um, the one thing, just for the, from, from the standpoint of a full season, I think Antonio Brown will give you a little bit more. The, Julio Jones just shows that he can just dominate. He can dominate games probably more than any other player in the league at that position. Um, but I don't know if it's his system, if it's his quarterback. I'm not, maybe you guys probably talk about that a little bit also. Um, he can have a 300-yard game. He can have a 200-yard game. Um, he can just explode. But he doesn't bring it each and every week, and he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, at least last year. Um, so it could, have been, it could be just his utilization. But there are times when, if you watch the Steelers, they just force-feed Antonio Brown the ball. So I – I would take Antonio Brown. If, uh, obviously, you're splitting hairs a little bit between those two guys, but I would take Antonio Brown over Julio Jones. Uh, I like I like Julio Jones um, a little bit better. It's you know it, it's it, it's splitting hairs. I just I just not. I mean, I just feel like in 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 big games, you know, with the, I think both of these I think both of these teams are just poorly poorly coached. As far as getting their most dynamic players to football when they need to, I think there's times where Pittsburgh, it's like, isn't Antonio Brown playing? Like, I don't. I mean, even even with the force feeding, it's just like you know he's just so dynamic. I want I get, give him the ball as much as you can. If it's not Bell, it should be him. Um, and I, I feel I feel definitely in, in Atlanta. I just don't feel like he gets the ball. He probably his stats are probably different, but I mean it probably, probably doesn't show. But like I just feel like his, he, I feel like when I watch the Falcons play, I feel like the, I feel like he's almost controlled. Like like nobody he, he doesn't get the ball enough. Um, so in that case, I mean I like bigger guys, so I'll go with the size receiver and Julio Jones. Nice, I got a couple. And, go oh, you got a third one. 
I, I did the NBA, but it was kind of a throwback. Um, because you know every all the good players are on Golden State right now, so <laughs> um, I went with Kareem or Hakeem. Who's the better center? Go ahead, Laker fan. As if I don't know I what think... you're going to say. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean Hakeem. Hakeem was amazing, so I'm not going to ever. I'm not going to ever um, doubt Hakeem Olajuwon. I think he's been. He has been. He's a tremendous player. But um, I, I think at this point, just because of the battles in Boston and just the history and, and what he did for his career, and, and not even that, he, he changed college basketball forever. So um, I, I'll, go, I'll go Kareem there. And plus, I mean, the legendary, the, the, it's either the, the Dream Shake or it's the Sky Hook. I mean, both un, unstoppable moves. Um, they're, speaking about, speaking about uh, Akeem Olajuwon, there is a video on House of Hoops, if you if you if you subscribe to that, you get pretty cool highlights. Um, or oh, I think it's House of Highlights on um, on Instagram, and there's one where they show a very young Joel Embiid praising the footwork and the work ethic of Akeem Olajuwon. And if you see that they they cut the video back and forth, and you can see a lot of the same moves. That that's kind of cool that he studied a, a player of that of that magnitude to become what he is today. So, um, just something to kind of kind of look at look at. But I'm taking in that battle. I'll probably take Kareem. As would I. I think Kareem's probably you know he he gets undercut here when we talk about Jordan and James and everybody has all these who's the top uh, you know top two or three best players in the world if, uh, ever. I think Kareem gets shortchanged because we didn't really we didn't really in our. Um, I don't. I didn't see him at his at his peak. You know, I didn't see him through the '70s and um, and things. So I, I think we don't have a good grasp of how dominant he was necessarily, unless you go back and look at tapes and start to see how dominant he was. Because when we, you know, when I was watching basketball, I mean, he was in the upper. You know, he was in the '30s and he was getting older as he got later into the '80s. So he was still dominating games, by the way. So I think he had the most impossible shot to defend and so because of that I also think he's a little bit bigger uh, than, uh, than, than uh, Elijah Wan was and so I, I would take Kareem as well that was the only one that had a right or wrong answer and the right answer is Kareem because um, again <laughs> he's always often overlooked when we talk about the greatest players in NBA history <laughs> Yeah, no question about that. I mean, I mean, listen, Akeem is special too. So I don't want anybody saying that. I'm not no, gonna, he is. Um, Akeem. Yeah, he he was incredible, especially watching him and Drexler win it was was kind of was really cool, knowing how close they are. But you got to go there. Um, Mike, you got those? I've got uh, my first one was, uh, uh, and this is a little bit of preview of our, uh, our fantasy uh, show that we'll have, I think, next week or the week after. Is uh, Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? Gurley. I like Gurley better. That's just me. Yeah, I, I, I would mean, go Gurley on that one also. Um, more, tra- more traditional of a running back, like he hits the hole and goes. That whole, that whole, the whole, the, the stop and go thing. I think it's. I mean, it, it's creative. It's, it's the way it's the way Bell does it. But I rather have. I rather have the other guy. I, I, I rather have Gurley. Okay. Both of yeah. you take Gurley. Yeah. I have a feeling Le'Veon Bell is going to have a fr- – he's probably the most frustrated football player in the NFL anyway, just with his salary. Uh, he, he doesn't – I don't think he's ever going to get paid. 
um, any uh, kind of contract. Well, so well, funny. Well, he, well, he's in the Khalil Mack and um, Aaron Donald um, club too. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, next one. It's going to be painful maybe for you, Dwayne. I did this on purpose. Uh, this is a throwback as well. Don Mattingly or Will Clark? Uh, as much as I love Will Clark, and I do thank my good friend Michael Lando for sending me that Sports Illustrated with <laughs> Will the Thrill on the cover of it. But uh, Mattingly, Mattingly was a better player. It was he's he was more dominant. I I never forget the watching those games on PIX and hearing uh, Rizzuto go crazy um, when he had that home run streak. Where he hit like I think he hit like seven straight games with a home run or something like that. It was just watching him just change his batting stats all the time and just and just and just he was just dominant. He really was dominant. I love watching him play first base. A shame on him, or shame on the Yankees for never getting the getting that guy into only you know never getting a guy in the playoffs ever. But uh, except for one, except for one series, uh, he was he was he was a joy to watch. I I, I mean I'm I'm glad I, he was just he's a special player. L- love watching him in those in those old Yankee teams with Dave Winfield and. And one of my favorite guys, um, Willie Randolph. Yeah, I mean, it's Don Mattingly, um, easily, like far and above. Because when you look at <laughs> 84 through 88, um, Don Mattingly was the best player in baseball. You know, and, and, and Will Clark was never at any point the best player in baseball. Um, so I, I think that's a, it's, it's a quite easy one. Um, you know, I, I got to watch all of Mattingly's career. And, you know, you, you could put his 84 season, his 85 season up against any, you know, any season from any player. Um, you know, he had the year with 48 doubles, which at, at the time was unheard of, you know, um, and and that home run streak and, and even just his fielding. Like, like he was an incredible first baseman. And I just remember the, the days of arguing with Met fans between him and Keith Hernandez, who was the better fielding first baseman. And, you know, that, that was always a good argument. Um, you know, I always sided with Mattingly, but, you know, when, you, when you're when you a player, you know, at any given point when you're comparing two players and you're, you know, we're going to throw longevity out of there, but at any at any point we have two players, if, if one player was the best player in the sport for a sustained period of time, then you have to go with that player. Yeah, uh, no question about it. All right. I got one more. Anything? I got one more Go that ahead. was probably more relevant. It's probably more relevant weeks ago, but just because of the situation. But if you had a choice, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard? Uh, I mean, I like. I want to be able to actually speak to my players. Um, <laughs> so I probably. I probably you know, probably go with Paul George. I have to go with Paul George because he can talk. <laughs> because he talks. Because at some point I might have to verbalize, verbally talk to him and he has to respond to me because I'm the coach or the GM. And I would like to say, I would like to like more than more, I would like to get more than a head nod. You know, like, you know, I guess that little head nod when you see somebody, you know, or you don't want to talk to him, get the head nod. I, I don't want the head nod. I want an actual conversation with him. So we'll see. Yeah. You, you got to go Chris Paul and, and you got to look at it this way. When David Robinson, who's probably one of the nicest people, if not in NBA history, in the history of the world, <laughs> doesn't have nice things to say about you, then you've got to go, Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick, because I want to get to some cool. miscellaneous Kawhi before Leonard. we go. We, we... <laughs> it was Kawhi Leonard, but that's fine. 
<laughs> All right, so you have one um, young superstar you, you, you can add to your baseball team. Are you taking Ryan Hotkins from the Phillies or Ozzy Albies from the Atlanta Braves? Oh, man. You, you only can get one. Man, that's tough. I'll take Albies. Alvy's just a little bit more exciting player. I, I, I know Hoskins is just a ton of power. I I, I would take both of them, but I'll, I'll choose Alvy's. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go Alvy's too. I'm I'm gonna go a lot of agreeing tonight. Um, there is. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Alvy's. A lot of a lot of agreeing, except for Hall of Fame talk. Um, yeah. We, <laughs> So, it's our peace show. Uh, our peace show, exactly. So we got who will play, who will take more NFL snaps this year? Uh, let's see here: Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield? Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think I think Lamar. I, I don't think Baker's right now set to start for Cleveland. Um, so that's that's the only reason why I'm going with Lamar over this over Baker on this one. I think I agree, just because I think you know I think both teams will lose games, but I think man it's tough. I mean, it just depends. Flacco hasn't played well in a while, so I don't. I think James is right. I, I think he's going to get in there sooner, um, just because I think the Ravens if they lose a couple games, I. They they may you know have no other option but but to play him because I think fans are gonna really want to see him. Um, I think he's a much more exciting player obviously than Flacco is. Um, Tyrod Taylor I think is probably gonna play well. He's gonna play pretty well for the Browns. So um, I think Lamar Lamar will play play more snaps. All right, so we are in the miscellaneous time. Last ten minutes of the show, uh, anything goes. Um, James, do you have a Mission Impossible review? Yes, I do. Um, how, how, was another, how was it? I loved it. I loved it. It's, um, it's not the best Mission Impossible movie that belongs to Rogue Nation, uh, but this one was really good. Um, there's a great Wolf Blitzer scene in there. Um, I don't know if it's kind of a... Uh, be kind of a kind of a reference to the fake news. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. But it, it's really, really. It, it just starts off fast. It ends fast. There's there's no slow time in it. Um, everyone's great in it. Tom Cruise is just amazing in this role. Um, Michelle Monaghan. Um, she's just an awesome actress and impacts every scene she's in. Um, the only you know the only person missing was Jeremy Renner. Um, you know, I, I guess he was f- filming the next Avengers Infinity Wars, but yeah, I, I, enjoy, I saw it Monday night. I enjoyed it. It was a great movie. Um, you know, it, it's probably, it, it's not the best Mission Impossible movie. Um, but yeah, it, it was really, really good. T- totally enjoyed it. Some good laughs in there <laughs> also. Simon Pegg's a great actor, but yeah, definitely go see it. Go see Mission Impossible. Okay, cool. And to, the neighbor of Ving Rhames, um, I can kindly say, mind your business. You almost got somebody killed that night, all right? Like, seriously. Um, 
Let's go. Vince, Car- Vince Carter is, um, would probably be a really good um, guy off the bench on a, on maybe you know a, a, on a top team in the league. But he says he's, he's now he's uh, Atlanta Hawk and he's not chasing rings. Do you have a Do you have a problem with that? Like, do you have a problem with him being in this stage of his career, um, Mike, um, and not going after any championships? Um. I mean, what what would his play. options be? I mean, he can still play. I mean, it's amazing, play. by the way. He, it's amazing that he's you know he's found another team. I mean, it's incredible. But um, it, I I don't have a problem with anybody. It's almost like um, I saw in Baltimore that Adam Jones got got hit pretty hard in regard to uh, not wanting to be traded. To you know, they brought a couple scenarios to my guess, and uh, he didn't want to be traded, and he got hammered. By the by, the media and that you know you don't want to win that kind of thing, and he just said you know it's my prerogative. I have a no trade clause. I can go where I want to go, and and I didn't find a scenario that I wanted to go to, and um, I, I kind of side on the on the player. If he doesn't want if he doesn't want to chase rings, if he wants to live where he wants to live, and he he wants to go and get the best salary he can, he's been in the league a ton of year. What is this? Is this year twenty? Twenty one. It is. I think it is. 21, 21, 21. He could do it. He could do whatever the heck he wants at 21 years in the league. That's the way I feel. Um, he even should have been chasing rings like six years ago, probably. And year 21, just be happy you got a job and you're in the league. Uh, and he's getting paid well or for what? He's going to play 10 or 15 minutes a night, probably. James, any thoughts on that? I have no problem with someone who loves the game playing the game. Um, you know, he, he's doing it for the love of the game, and I, I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, continue to play, play as much as you can. I did see the um, the whole thing with Adam Jones, and, and I liked his response where there's a lot of players before me who, who, who sat out and, and went on strike to get me these rights, and I'm going to invoke my rights. and. Um, you know, if yeah. he wants to keep playing, God, you know, God bless Vince Carter. You know, forty, you know, forty-one years old and, and still playing the game of basketball and still talented enough to do it. So go play wherever you want. You know, um, that's my same feeling with. Um, um, oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Yarmer Jagger. You know, play as much as you want. You know, he played in Russia last year and he's looking to come back again for another NHL season this year. If you still have it, you still have the love for the game. Go do it because you, you hear all these guys saying, yeah, once I lose that love of the game, I don't want to play anymore. And we get players leaving the game early, a couple of years early, because they don't have that love anymore. So Vince Carter, you can play for my team any day of the year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, baby Brady. So <laughs> you, you get asked, you get – Snowball questions for the entire year. You get a free pass. You're the one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So somebody asks you a legitimate question, just a legitimate question about the trainer and about you know Edelman being suspended, and baby Brady comes out. James, I'll give you the floor first. Yeah, I I did not like it. Um, you know, this is a guy who has had his entire career. You know, he's had the Boston media in his pocket. This is the monster that they built, um, you know, backing him behind Deflategate, backing him with everything else that's going on. 
um, you know, never ripping him for, for walking away from his first wife to go to Giselle um, as she was pregnant. Um, just good, good media coverage, good media coverage. And for the first time in your career, you get a question you don't like and you're going to stomp away from the mic. And, and, and the, you know, you, you know, that's that, you know, when you go back to all the articles coming out last year, um, you know, this is where rarely you, you can see what's going on in Brady's mind. And, and you can kind of believe that he was the force that, that got Garoppolo out of, out of New England. Um, it was embarrassing. It, it was totally embarrassing to, to be asked a legitimate question about a teammate who's going to see your guru, your trainer, your TB12 guy, and refuse to answer and just walk away is just, you know, horseshit, you know, in my, in my opinion. So, um, <laughs> you, 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 you've had the, the, the media in your pocket for all these years. Um, and now you have to look at it at the other side. And I think there is a growing tired of Brady in new England. Um, just, just in general. And there's, there's actually been some really weird Instagram posts on the Patriots um, Instagram where they, where they talk about the fans loving Brady and look at the fans still loving Brady. And like, where did these posts come from? So maybe he controls the Instagram of, of the New England Patriots also. Yeah. And the thing, the thing that you talk about too, as well, that I didn't like is that I feel like, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't, we don't, I'm not the same undisputed. I'm not race baiting. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that at all, but I didn't like, I don't like how people attacked you know, pro athletes who do have multiple, who have kids with l- women out of wedlock, um, and a lot of them are African American. Like, but the, the, as long as the kids are getting, uh, as long as the kids are being provided for, then I don't have an issue with it. Because they're, they're grown men, they can do whatever they want. If they want to, that's a lot of money to spend. If you want to have five, you want to be like Antonio Camardi and have all those kids. That's 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 on you. No question about it. Yeah. But nobody ever mentions the fact that Tom Brady got baby mama. Like, you know, let's just be, let's just just be frank about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be, if you're going to do it to all athletes, just do it to all athletes. I just, that's my, that's my only beef. Um, Mike, um, your thoughts about Brady and this, I I thought it was a fair, legitimate question that was brought to him and he just closed the door on it. You know what? I, I, I think he closed the door on it because obviously this is his livelihood when he leaves, you know, whenever he leaves the next the next year or two, whenever, you know, whenever he decides to hang it up, that whole thing is a reflection on his brand, you know? And so I, it looked like he took it personally and he probably didn't want to answer any questions in any depth um, about it. And, you know, uh, I guess I'm not that surprised. I guess, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just wasn't that surprised when I saw it. I don't think it's a question that he wanted to answer. And, um, you know, uh, it's it's kind of the it, it makes everybody who's watching go there. They go again. You know, there the Patriots go again, and uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the season goes if, if it's actually uh, if the reporters actually let go of it. Because usually in that kind of situation, you're gonna get, you're gonna get the question again um, at some point. Yeah. And so you know, we'll see what happens. He can't just keep running out of press conferences, and so we'll see yeah. if he has to stand there and an- he'll have to answer it at some point. You think? If they I think keep that's pressing him, most is is that he stomped away. There's a hundred yeah. ways to answer that question. You could have gone, you know, onto Philadelphia, onto Philadelphia. You know, use the Bill Belichick. Just you know, answer the question with anything but answering the question. But to just actually like 
take my deflated football and, and walk off the field is um, it was just the wrong way to handle it. It was, it was immature, you know, and you need to face the fact that you are going to get tough questions. You know, thank God it wasn't Bob Ryan who answered the, asked him the question because Bob Ryan would be on him all season long. Yeah, I know. Um, that's pretty crazy. So, uh, this, this urban Meyer thing is kind of exploding here. So, uh, I mean, does he keep his job after all this? I mean, I mean, there are text messages, text messages between you know people um, to his family, to his to his to his wife, to him, who pretty much know, so to pretty much show that he was lying about this situation. So, uh, can Urban Meyer survive this, James? Talk about talk about somebody who should go to the Tom Brady School of Handling press conferences. Now he should run out of his press conference. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so get the questions and run. So I do have to preface this answer with the fact that my favorite college football team is the Michigan Wolverines. So Urban Meyer should go. No questions asked. No questions asked. He should get out of there, right? Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, and then I, I, know, I guess, you know I guess the, that doesn't take the, that doesn't take the pressure off Harbaugh. If, if, uh, Urban Meyer was to get, if Urban Meyer was to get bounced and Harbaugh loses to Ohio State, oh again, you would, heads would roll. Heads would roll. That would it, it actually triples the pressure on yeah. uh, on Harbaugh. He triples it. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, uh, last one. Um, and it's more about the same stuff. Um, NFL Network has fired Heath Evans. Um, I think Ike. Uh, I forgot his last name. Why? Um, Ike Taylor. Oh, he played for Ike us. Taylor. Ike Taylor. Ike Taylor and um, Marshall Falk for you know the same kind of. I mean, not the same kind of stuff, but like stuff dealing with you know you mean groping employees and stuff like that. Um, I don't know what's going on. You guys, you aren't watching the news. Like this is not. I mean, they gotta they gotta pick up a pick up you, paper and you gotta and read stop. It, and read about, you have to stop. Yeah. Harvey, you have to stop it. Read stop about it. read yeah. about uh, and read about Harvey Weinstein or something. And this is this is like it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's amazing that here's my thing that always kills me. It's amazing what people will risk for that. Yeah, it's it amazing. Is. It is. Yeah, your 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 livelihood. You you you, you couldn't have. Keith Evans just comes on the TV and talks about how the great New England is. He, he doesn't really talk about any other team. He just talks about how great New England is. You sit in a chair and talk about talk about football for four months out of the entire year and get paid very well for it and can't, and can't just be a normal human being. It's amazing. 